Hey guys, today we're learning to balance between life and careers. We're also diving into important social and business topics. I'm Peter, the student marketer, and with Tret, Mr. Goodall. Today, we're hanging out with our good friend Guok and discussing his journey and side hustle, identity, accepting who you are, handling the negativity, helping people and building relationships first, business second, and the difference between needs and wants. With all that said, let's hang out. Hey everybody, today we're hanging out with our good friend, Guok Tran. He's a software engineer by day, real estate agent by night. We're excited to have him and share his experience of being here with us. Of course, let's welcome Guok Tran. Hey guys, how's it going? Glad to be here. Hey, excited to have you, man. Awesome. How are you doing uh, with the pan- pandemic, man? You know, it's, it's been, uh, as you just, as you know, I have two jobs. Uh, one is a software engineer at Lockheed Martin and one as a real estate agent, both jobs been working from home. Um, so it hasn't been too much of a difference for me. Still, still hustling on both sides. I know you're working both. And I guess to everybody that doesn't know you, because I know for sure we know you, but for everybody that doesn't know you, like, uh, what, what's your story? Let's just start there. Oh, man, what's my story? <laughs> Where do oh, yeah, you no. begin? <laughs> <laughs> you can go when you're back one years old and all the way up or, you know, just... <laughs> I guess, yeah, just your story and like um, where you came from, of course, and then kind of build up to where you are, where you are right now. Okay, yeah, um, my story. Yeah, I was born in Vietnam, actually. Uh, I came over to America when I was four years old, um, came straight to Colorado, and I've been here ever since. I've been in Lakewood for the last, what, 24 years now? Living down the street from Tretz and valuing and knowing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we live um, very close to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Went to school in Lakewood. It's a place called Alameda. I've always been interested in engineering ever since I was little. Right? So, um, you know those little McDonald's toys that, that come in the Happy Meals? Oh, I love those, man. Yeah, exactly. And I love getting those. And, and the thing that I love more about and just playing with them was just uh just taking a screwdriver and taking them apart because i was always curious of you know how they work how do they light up how do they move and things like that so um without really knowing it i was kind of just discovering how the essence of engineering is how things work and how to make things better so um i always grew up just playing with legos i think that's what all engineers really fall in love with and then one thing, one thing led to another. I uh, somehow got into engineering school. Actually, went on a full ride there, which is awesome. Um, you know, did my four years there and got out of college. And my dream job was always working at Lockheed Martin. And so, uh, you know, you can imagine how excited I was when I finally got the job offer to work there. Like, was it you do get it right away, or was it kind of like you had to wait a little bit to get into Lockheed? Because I know for me. Lockheed took a year to answer me. I was like, dang it, Lockheed. Yeah, Love yeah. You, I mean, but... it's a good company. So, I mean, obviously a lot of people want to work for them. Um, so, yeah, I didn't actually go there right away after college. Um, I spent a year in Utah working for another aerospace company. They're the ones that worked on the space shuttle back when that was still in operation. I mean, a year after being in Utah, I kind of felt homesick. So, I applied to Lockheed, applied to all the jobs I could. And, and uh, lo and behold, you know, someone called me. <laughs> and that was my future manager so yeah after that first call two weeks later i was homebound and ready to start work in the next week 
with that, like you can also do real estate as well. Like how did you, you go into getting into real estate, like leading into to that path? Because I know engineering is slightly different from real estate, not too much, but yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it is a, it's definitely a, a big change of course. What really got me interested in real estate was when I was about to go buy my house, um, try, you've been to my house, you, you see, um, it's a very, fairly nice house and it has five bedrooms and I don't know, four bathrooms, 3,000 square feet. But you're wondering, you know, how do I afford that? Yeah, I'm an engineer, but living there by myself, that's kind of insane to afford you know, $2,700 mortgage. What I did was I just rented out the rooms and you know, had a bunch of roommates, which helped me pay for the house. And, and then that's when I realized um, the power of real estate. You know, after living there for a year, I was able to save all my extra income because I didn't have a mortgage to pay for or I didn't have any housing to pay for. Um, and then I realized, wow, real estate is really, really powerful to, as a financial vehicle to build wealth. And so that's when, you know, I was like, hey, if I can do this and why can't anyone else, right? So I started looking online, looking at uh, what other people have done in real estate. And I found a forum called Bigger Pockets. I stumbled on them and started listening to their podcast and then everything started making sense. And I learned how to be a good landlord and just find all the resources I needed from there. Oh, so, nice. yeah. And I know I have a good, a good friend who used to work at Bigger Pockets. So I know Bigger Pockets awesome. as well. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> oh, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah I've, and then what challenges have you like going through that process? I know switching, balancing being an engineer and being a real estate agent part-time, especially balance being like, it's like an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, like trying to balance two different things at the same time. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? I know it can be really, really difficult to balance two businesses at the same time. In a sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I still work full-time at my engineering job and then I do real estate on the weekends or at night whenever I find some time. But to balance the two, I think it really helps to be passionate about both sides. Um, I'm passionate about engineering and, and my job and my career. And I'm also passionate about helping others build wealth through real estate. And the interesting part is like uh, we're talking about, but it, I guess it's like your hustle that got you to real estate it wasn't like uh stumble upon journey like everybody's journey is different like we touched upon on our other podcast but it was more so like oh, oh when I, you were little i'm like oh yeah i'm always got to be a real estate agent uh but this is more so like i bought a house i'm gonna figure out how to pay for this <laughs> or i'm gonna how to do this shoot and then this and then build on each other and i'm like hey you're a real estate agent like that's that part like that that that's what we talk about like it, it, it just kind of like naturally grow and uh we, would you say that it's like i guess your hustle is the motivation behind your work or you have like other motivation yeah i always felt like i there was so much potential inside me um when for example when i was at school i was i wanted a challenge so I'd, i try to study electrical engineering which is one of the hardest uh majors in, in my college <laughs> and I mean, I just did that for, I just told myself I wanted a challenge. So I tried it out, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, who does that? Right. Um, I think all of us do. And then we're like, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> okay, maybe that wasn't the best idea, but yeah, we'll exactly. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Figure out along the way. And you know, I end up, I'm, I wasn't, I didn't go into a career where I used my lecture engineering degree. Um, 
actually became a software engineer because that's something that I was doing ever since when I was in middle school, honestly, um, just because I was playing video games and and, and uh, learning how to hack the game <laughs> rather than playing the game, right? So uh, that whole thing, my whole software passion came from just hacking games and now you know, I'm using it to fly spacecrafts. <laughs> we got to be careful. You might be hacking our computer now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry. I only do it for good now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel it because I used to do that as a kid too. Like, it's surprising I'm not a software engineer. My parents tell me all the time like peter you can code pretty well like you can hack into any computer from your <laughs> one computer like why aren't you an engineer and i'm like i don't know i've always had that business mindset yeah so for me that that came about but like working on like your side hustle i know sometimes there you know people do kind of like oppose of the idea of having like an extra thing just because that kind of distracts you from your main job for, mm-hmm. for you for example as an engineer People, especially in the Asian culture, you always look at that one job and that's your main income and you don't want to distract yourself from other things because you have family and you have other more important things yeah. to worry about. How's that been for you? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've had my doubters. I have people tell me, you know, you can't do two jobs at once. Your engineering job is pretty hard. How, how are you doing this other thing on the side? Well, you know, I guess it kind of is part of the hustle and it's part of being talented in both sides where you can, I guess you can figure out how to be efficient in either jobs, right? So, um, and, that's, and that's kind of my solution, just being efficient, learning how to build systems to basically run the job yourself. Um, my engineering side, I've built software to basically automate all the mundane tasks in my day. And so basically my job is 75% automated. <laughs> Don't tell them that, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, Don't tell them. <laughs> just in case they stumble on this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, they'll get like a pop-up message. Hello, this is Quok. I can help you today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's actually not you. <laughs> no, I feel you, man. I've done that before. It, it helps. It does wonders for your business, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, the thing is like, it's, it unlocks your time to, so you can do other uh, more valuable things with their time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And, and it's just working smarter versus harder. Of course, we work Absolutely. like people work hard. That's part of it too. But like the smart part had to come in too because you can working hard like will lead you to like being burnt out. Yeah, uh, which like what Gwok is what what you're touching on is uh, automate the things you can automate, right? Like they're why you have to type out the same email six times when you can just have that, and then when people ask you that question, it just gets sent to them. <laughs> Exactly. For example, yeah. for example, not saying Quark did does this, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, no, but it's smart though. Like, if I will now. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is smart though, because if you think about it, there's so many, like, so many people like say like work harder but smarter. But you have to think like, where do you place being working harder, and where do you place working smarter? Because I feel like sometimes people twist that saying. They're trying like, okay, I'll find the shortcut or the easy yeah. way out. But in a way that you can do shortcuts for certain things to to balance out something else you have to do that's more important, but it shouldn't be used on every single yeah. thing. I think that's a good point that we sh- that should be touched on because I I hear like a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues like, how can we make this a shortcut? How can we make this a shortcut? <laughs> Eventually, they try to make everything too simple and like mm-hmm. a lot of things can't be that simplified. Just just let you know. <laughs> it just gets more confusing, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I think there's a, still a good balance between working smart and working hard. And even though you're working smarter and you have less things to do, well, you can still work hard and take, you know, use your time for other things. You still work hard, right? And it's, it's funny because you brought that up because you spend so much time trying to get around that issue or whatever you're trying to do. You're trying to get around it the easy way, but you spend more time, in fact, trying to work around it versus just doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those. And I, I guess... <laughs> For advices wise, like for everybody who's listening, work like what if they're looking to do a hard job and another hard job, like they want to succeed in both, or like how to get into both and uh, balance that. Like, what would be your advice for that? Yeah, I mean, I think what's worked for me is focusing on one thing at a time, right? Even though you do have two jobs, or you know, for example, in your example, you have two jobs, they're both hard. Um, focus on one, one, one side. While you're still doing the other side, obviously, but you know the bare minimum, maybe. Um, but focus <laughs> on one side because I believe that multitasking is not really a efficient way to go about things, right? So keep your focus on that one thing. Figure out ways to make it more efficient. Figure out your systems so that, um, like I said, they could run itself for the majority of things, and then do the, do the same thing on the opposite side, you know. Now that you freed up time on, on your first, first hustle, not go to your second hustle and, and figure out the deficiencies, automate those things, and now your life's even better. It's, a, it's something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, like a lot of people struggle with, like, how do I balance that? Especially once you start to have a family or, want, for example, I know like you, you're going to start a family soon, right? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Put him on the spot. Sorry, man. <laughs> Getting married next year, man. <laughs> so, so pretty like, soon. So with that, like, it's just like you have to learn how to balance that now too. Like, especially, I know a lot of like people who, for example, have a small business, but they want to start another franchise, for example. But they're like, oh, how do I balance it with with family? Like, it's yeah, it's hard, but. At the same time, for just to give an example, like a lot of our, for example, like our Vietnamese companies, they'll jump out, or businesses, if you will, they jump out. I want, for example, start another restaurant. But the funny thing is, they're always there. Like they're mm-hmm. always at that restaurant, which in my perspective, I'm like, why didn't you just hire a manager to be there? And you can just be there to check up on them or drop by every like morning or so and then free up the rest of your day to go to another business. Absolutely. The answer is always... I don't trust them. I'm like, yeah. Why did you hire the person in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, yeah. So it's no, it's an interesting topic, man. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes people want to start a side hustle, but at the same time, they're manufacturing another job for themselves. And really, the end goal is to manufacture a business where you're kind of just overseeing everything and have employees run it for you. And without that, you can't ever scale to the to the size that you need to sustain itself. And so you can retire and, you know, spend time with your family, whatever's important to you. No, like uh, that, that's great to both touch on that because I think just from, I don't know, you can call it Asian culture or just let's just say Vietnamese for sure. Like parents mm-hmm. always want to work hard and they want to be there. Like that, that's a great thing about it. But at the same time, it's... Um, like we have a term but, for it, micromanaging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that is. <laughs> um, 
but but yeah like that, that's what Gwuk was saying like to scale up so that that's an important part like we we so focus on working hard being there every little detail which is totally fine i think it is like great but like how can you scale that because you get to the what peter was saying like you don't start trusting the other person so you just yeah. end up being there so i i guess what is your point of view on that book like do you i know you want to scale it like for your future like what do you would like to do or like what you envision yourself doing i mean the final my final form is basically is owning a up to 10, 10 houses and just have it all rented out and collect the rental income and live on that. And I mean, just looking at myself and how much I need to survive, I don't even need 10 houses, maybe I need four to survive and retire and live a great life because, you know, I learned to scale down my lifestyle, but also learn to scale up my income. I kind of work hand in hand. And you brought up a good point, like uh, to looking back at your own financial and really being realistic about it. I think we, some that will go on this route where they're like, I'm going to be hustling. I'm aiming for trillions and trillions of dollars. Like, yeah, you brought up a good point of like, really like look at your income and then what you can take out and in. No, talk more about that. Like, uh, I know we, t- we had conversation before where you're like, man, I, I really, this is being realistic. I guess talking about being realistic mm-hmm. with yourself. Yeah. Being realistic with myself. Like, I, I don't have the aspirations to be a billionaire, you know, and, and it's great if you do, because it kind of just puts a bigger fire in your ass. But I'm not allowed to say that, but <laughs> yeah, you can, but, you can say that. You can say that. But the billion dollars, you have a billion other problems. And so why do I want that in my life when I can just be happy with, you know, $10,000 in passive income in my pocket for the rest of my life each month. Right. So, there's an amount of money that I'm happy with and I know I'd be very comfortable with, but also at the same time, I will, I know I won't be, I won't be building myself a job to maintain that kind of income. And just going back, like, I know we had a, a conversation before th- through Instagram. It was like uh, with Ben Fritz, who was mm-hmm. a guest on here uh, with Peter. I don't remember who posted what, like, I don't know how it came about. Um, but it just started going up where like all four of us are chiming in on that. And like, what I thought was interesting was like that identity piece we talked about. It was because you were, you just starting your real estate. You're like building. It was, of course you sold a couple of houses already, but you're building Peter's transition to be a marketer. And I was like transitioning to be a communication consultant. So it was a weird time. And I guess we talked about just like when people ask what we do, we're like, uh, I'm a real estate agent. Or I'm a <laughs> business consultant. Like we didn't quite but, believe it, right? No, 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 no. It would give you kind of like that that judgment, if you will. Like it's just like mm-hmm. that silent judgment, like, oh, really? Like, and then they would just go quiet. Yeah. They kind of like throw you out the window or in the back of their head, if you will. Like, and just why did you pick to do that? Like I know we, we started it like even for me, like I've been a marketer for what, eight years now? And whatever everybody I've told, they're like, So you advertise? I'm like no, that's not what I do. <laughs> but that's what the economy or like the world wants you to see. Yeah. We do so much more. Like we look at pretty much how every store structured, how every market structured. We're the strategy that makes that happen. Mm-hmm. So we make you go right for a reason. We're those people that force you psychologically to go right. Absolutely, yeah. But people don't think that way. And they give you that silent judgment. Like have you 
like had that in your field? Like when you decided to go into engineering, for example, or even like real estate, did people kind of give you that like, really? Like why? Yeah, I think everyone has their native connotations about real estate agents and, you know, because there's a lot of scummy ones out there and, and who outshine the, the really good ones out there. Like when I tell someone that I'm an engineer for Lockheed Martin and I work on spacecrafts, they're like, wow, you know, and it's, it's cool to get that reaction. Um, but when I say, yeah, I'm a real estate broker, uh, it's not as um, enthusiastic, <laughs> right? So I get it, right? I get the negative connotations of, you know, you have a preconceived idea of what a real estate agent is, but now I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to make a, leave a good mark in this world um, by being a real estate agent, by helping other people build wealth and financial freedom. And then like, how, how does that play into kind of like your identity? Like you kind of like see people, how do you present yourself and how do you like deal with that kind of like negative feedback, if you will? I guess, I don't know. I haven't had too much negative feedback. The people that do reach out to me uh, who do need help, I've always been able to help them with open arms. I've been able to save them you know, tens of thousands of dollars on their purchase, their sale, or even just tell them like, hey, I'm not going to sell your house. It's going to cost you too much money. How about just refinance and uh, you know, save yourself a ton of money each month? doesn't make me any money, but at, le- at least I'm helping them. And overall, just, that just builds a good relationship. It builds a good impression uh, in the long run. And I think real estate for me is a, it's a long-term game. So if I can't help them now or I can you know, sell their house now, maybe in the future when they're in a better position. If people do give you negative comments, like, do you feel that that's going to like slow you down or you got to be like, screw this, I'm going to keep pushing. Will you veer towards one mindset over the other? Would it discourage me at all? Um, no, you know, I think uh, there's always a reason, underlying reason why they would think that. Maybe they had a bad experience with a real estate agent in the past. Who knows? Um, I'm not that person. I know who I am. I know my identity, right? So it doesn't really faze me, honestly. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah, there's there's plenty of people out there to help and they don't want to be helped in the first place. So be it. We'll move on. That's the awesome thing because it's like if you're really truly passionate about what you're doing, like it's it is what it is. You, you will get that negative from somebody. You Yeah. It's it's <laughs> bound to happen. Um even talking about consultant, like the negative part about it is just um uh, people think you're like just lying. You're just sitting at home, you're just saying consultant because you don't have a mm-hmm. job. That's the funny thing because that's why I, like, <laughs> like um, most of the people, even my instructor were talked about it. Like, Hey, some people that got fired from their job, they're just like, Hey, I'm a consultant now for X amount of years just to fill in the resume. So that's like the, the bad part about it, I would say. But, um, so I feel you on that and deal with haters as part of it when you're going for your, what you would like to do. Yeah. Um, and what would you say to somebody that su- supports you? Like, um, the people that are just like, let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I say Stacy, my fiance definitely supports me on this whole thing. She, she sees the vision as well. You know, she sees our retirement plan, um, and our future. And, and to her, I'd say, I mean, I love you. <laughs> right? Thank you so much for putting up all my, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Record that part. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, yeah, honestly having her support, being the p- closest person to me, um, it just means so much, right? It's some days is not the, the best days. You're going to have your down days. Um, but you know, you might fail and just 
and they're going to be fine with it because they know that you're going to get back up and keep going. No, that's powerful. And it's great that you have that, that support because it's good that you mentioned, because I feel like a lot of people don't have that support or they're not willing to see that support mm-hmm. that's there. They're like, okay, in a way there's like that idea of like, let's be, I want to be an independent person. Yeah. So they kind of like separate everybody away and they're like, I'm going to try to push this by myself. You find like having that sort of support system from loved ones, whether they support or not is, is great as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's like, when you don't have the support, and when you try to go out at it on your own. Yeah, you might be able to succeed, but it's also very hard because, you know, you, you don't have that team to back you up. You, there's a lot of things that you can't do on your own. I mean, you can do everything on your own, but there's only so much time in your day. So, you know, if you can't have it, you can't trust anyone, like you can't trust the manager to manage your new restaurant, Well, you're kind of just limiting yourself to to scale and to be more successful. No, that's very true. I think it's kind of going into that business kind of like perspective. How would you go about kind of building a business? Let's say from the ground up at this point, you've built the business. Cause I think a lot of people have gone to the point where they have a business, it's running, it's functioning, but they can't step away from it. Yeah. How do you, do they monetize time to step away from the business and actually maybe start a franchise or starting something else. I know financials is a huge thing, but what else is a, a good sign that, okay, you need to step away? I think the biggest thing is, is your vision, right? So um, kind of t- t- lies in, ties in together with love of attraction. If you, if you think really hard about something and you really want it, you're going to somehow figure out ways to get there. And it kind of goes back to one of my favorite books, Think and Grow Rich. You become so, you think about becoming rich and successful and you embed that in your subconscious. And so you just continually think about ways to get there. And so, yeah, if you have a clear vision, I think that's just a really big step to, to get there. Yeah, touching upon that book, I, I have that too, which is like, not an old school book. It was like the, it's an older book. It's a very it's, older it's book. It's an old book, yeah. Much old, old book. book. Um, but like one of the things I found interesting, like you said to work, like keep it in the back of your head, like they even have a line in there, like a paragraph that you repeat to yourself every single day. Like if you mm-hmm. can imagine it, like imagine money in your hand, holding that amount of money in your hand, the feel of it, the smell of it, all that goes into it. And like you said, like if you really want something, you got to get it. And I think sometimes like people start focusing on their wants and not their need. Like it's a, I'm going to be honest. I think about that sometimes too, when I'm like, Oh man, I kind of want this, <laughs> want this piece of technology or something like that. Like, uh, and then all of a sudden you found yourself having it and you're like, Oh, hey, cool. But like when it comes to like the business side, sometimes yeah. like you don't think that like, Hey, I need to make X amount of money because I need to grow my business. So like for people that diversifying between needs and want, like what would be your advice? I say if it's a material thing, they say the you get the most joy and the most dopamine surge from just shopping, you know, just imagining yourself having this item. And so if you can just go to, to 9% before you click the buy it now button, you know, you're going to get the most, most out of it, right? You kind of imagine yourself having it. It's like when you buy something and you're waiting for it to come, you know, from UPS, whatever. You're so excited when once you have it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> but you're like, oh, I can't wait for this thing to come. Yeah. We all feel that way. So, That's true. you know, maybe just buy it, wait for it to get home and just send it back. <laughs> I don't know. 
Oh, touching on that. We, uh, I, I wouldn't say Asians are notorious. I know Vietnamese. I know my parents too. We buy stuff. We all have that friend that, I'm uh, not going to say that person's name, but she buys it. She gently, quote unquote, gently use it and then resell it or return it. And then that, would you say that's part of the hustle or that's just like, what is that part? I don't know. People get their, uh, get a fetish on with random things so maybe that's one of her fetishes <laughs> all i have to say is as, as a marketer i did my job <laughs> it's your job yeah you got me to buy it <laughs> I, I got you to buy it <laughs> and now you use it you're like it's all right it's <laughs> all right yeah let's go return it well then you're betting on that person being too lazy to return it so you win <laughs> exactly or if they sell it to another person better word of mouth for me word of mouth free advertisement right. <laughs> no that's very true just because just I think what you touched on is really good too. Just because people think so much about what they want, but they don't think about what they need. Like you said, like we all love it when we like order something online and when it comes, it's, you're like a kid again. It's like opening a present mm-hmm. during Christmas. Yeah. But then Trek kind of touched on it. After a while, how long do you hold on to it? Like really, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I think we all kind of like think about this all the time. We can buy brand new shoes but you got to wear them. Like you're not just going to wear it like every once in a while and then just pull it out. Like everything depreciates and you kind of just wasted your money on it. Cause now it's probably, that shoe was like what? 300. Now it's 50. For example. Yeah, it just depreciates in value. Yeah. So you so, pretty much just let it sit there and you didn't use it. So was and it, at the end of the day, you probably wasted your time on that shoe or it was just like eye candy. So what's the, the point of it? Maybe it gives you gratification depending on the person, but what would you say is a good way for people to kind of identify what they really like? Is it what should they be looking at? Well, I think the what they need. I mean, what are the basic necessities to to live? Right, it's mm-hmm. food, shelter. It's another thing. I'm sure, there's something else. But food and water, or food and shelter, <laughs> right? And and that's why I got into real estate. Is kinda is because everyone needs shelter, and it's also. When you buy a house, it's something that, unlike a pair of shoes that goes from three fifty to fifty dollars, right? A house appreciates in value, so that's another win, right? So, when you have something that is is in high demand or it has a demand, right, and appreciates in value, then you you bought a need that. Where am I going with this, guys? <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's that's part of hangout talks we just keep and you're like yeah. it'll come back it'll come back yeah. once we like start yeah, talking about something it else. come to me um but no like uh, it's yeah food and shelter two of the biggest right that that is a need like what Quark is touching on i know like tr- now like trying to think about it we we all know what we want like there's a lot of wants well in a, in a way if you encompass it everything that we're doing like we talked about giving people shelter giving people food it's also something in the back of their our heads that we don't pull out as often. For me, at least, I think it's about helping other people. Yeah. Like in a way, I think that's something we all kind of share in common. That you know, even like this podcast, we want to share it with people so people can kind of understand different stories, see different perspectives. Even when you're like doing something for a business, like you mentioned earlier, you know, like if it's you see a client that hey, like it's financially you're not stable to sell this house. I'd rather you refinance it. You know, in a way you're helping people too. You're being real with them. Or either that or you're like, hey, I need a new house, a better house. You'll find the right house for them. And I think that a lot of people kind of 
forget that they're trying to do the compassion side and they just focus on the money and they just feed on that like kind of that, that short-term happiness yeah or idea of trying the to get that gratification money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no and i think what i think if i'm understanding right hopefully i'm understanding right <laughs> uh i guess food and shelter like it goes in the back of your mind because like it's we do that every day like it, we know when we get food we go back home we go get food we go back home like one of those things like you don't think about it as it is as a need it, it's just because it's there right like yeah. we, it was like oh it's there like i'm not gonna think about it but bringing it to the nope. forefront like how guok is bringing it to the forefront like hey let's let's talk about yes there's shelter but there's a lot of stuff behind it that i'm gonna help mm-hmm. you understand that through various ways phone call text message, what all the communication ends to it boot shelter and helping other people like kind of in general just encompassing like trying to help everyone yeah just be a good human being which you should should be selling to cheating people <laughs> i'm hustling guys <laughs> but that's the thing is like your needs can also hide behind as a want right that's very because true because it, it could be the a want in the the face of it could be a need, but behind the scenes is a want. Let's say you buy a house, but at the same time you buy a mansion <laughs> or something. You don't oh, need yeah. that, but you do need shelter, but you don't need a mansion. Oh, no, so. That's very true. Even like a lot of things like, for example, Instagram is a good example now. Mm-hmm. Facebook even, all social media. Before, it was genuinely started so you can connect with people. But yeah. now, as you look at it, everybody has kind of like, I'm trying to build a business on here. Are you with me or are you, with you not <laughs> with me? Yeah. And I'm See like, flex I'm just here to help people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, it's like, you guys ever feel like you're trying to help someone, but they're kind of wondering what's in it for you or what's in it for them, right? You know, like, are you trying to scam them or, or what's going on here? No, I genuinely want to help you. Are you sure? <laughs> no, because you get that all the time. Because I think yeah. that's how our society is kind of like become. I get that question all the time. Sometimes back when I was at work, I would ask one of my colleagues, new guy or whatever, or even like older guys, you want to go at lunch? And they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm in trouble. And I'm like, what's your goal? Like someone, someone asked me this straightforward. What's your really? goal out of this lunch? And I'm like, I just want to eat lunch with you, man. Like, yeah. I'm starving. Get to know let's, you. Go. <laughs> let's, let's go. Like, well, like, why are you even asking that question? And then even at the lunch, he's like, what's your end goal for our relationship <laughs> as friends? And I'm like, or like as partners, I'm like, there is no end goal. Like I'm just, I'm hungry. <laughs> You're the first, first person I saw. I asked you to go eat. You want to go eat or not? <laughs> like, I won't ask you next time if you think I'm, I'm that sinister. He's like, well, you do have that face. And I'm like, what? <laughs> then you go home and look at yourself in the mirror. It's like, do I have that face? <laughs> <laughs> do I have that face of like, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm hungry face. Like what face are you like? What are you talking about? Yeah, I trust that face for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you want me to phrase that? I just want to eat. <laughs> like, yeah, should exactly. I bring the food in front of you? This is what <laughs> I've wanted the whole day. Yeah, I don't know. I, something about society that has caused us to have our defenses up so high and I think uh, so much scams out there. That's why we have our defenses so high. I think last summer I was, you know, walking around Target, being doing whatever I'm doing, going to Ross, whatever. And I think I got approached by five different people who wanted me to join their MLM. And it's like, okay, thanks. I mean, I thought you were a cool guy at first, but 
Yeah, you touched on a really good point because it's uh, with social media, like like uh, one of those things, like when you're going back to like people in high school, like you have you graduate and you haven't talked to them for a while, right? All of a sudden, they just email you or message you, "Hey, man, long time no see." Um, all these little things, and then boom, here's the pitch, right? Like, yeah, just coming from a communication standpoint, uh, I had one that just was doing a fundraiser, so he reached out via text and be like, "Hey, man, how are you? Been a while. Uh, I just want to get your email." Okay, that's kind of odd because I wouldn't text you guys like in a while. Let me get your email. Like, you got my my text. Like, what do you want? Right. But so I was like, hey, man, you're cool. Hey, how are you? Here's my email. And I did not hear a thing back. Right. Like, so, like, at least respond to be like, hey, man, I'm good. Thank you for providing me the email. Maybe it will continue the conversation, but just stopping from there, like, of course, people now got to have that. Um, yeah, they're gonna have their guard up. <laughs> they gotta have their guard up, of course. Yeah. Like anybody reaching out. So like now, in turn of just us reaching out to people, sometimes like I don't know if you guys feel the same. Like um, sometimes we have our guards up because if I reach out to somebody, like I haven't talked to you in weeks or so, and like ask them if they want to hang out or something, I'm like, man, did I phrase it right? I'm sorry, second guessing myself. What is it? This person's gotta think that I like. Do you guys get that? Like, do is it that just me? <laughs> I know I get it. Yeah, especially like I think being a part of like different like entrepreneur like kind of like groups within reaches and helping reaches with like pitches in a way i think the funny thing is like our because of social media because of everything that's going on in the world right now every our, people's attention span have gotten shorter and i think the biggest thing that we've forgotten is relationship like we forget mm-hmm. to build build that that's the, the biggest thing so it's always like like you said it's always like hi how are you so now that hi, how are you? Is actually you automatically just think. Like, all right, gonna, where are you gonna sell me this time? <laughs> where are you gonna sell me this time? Yeah, exactly. So even for me, I'm always conscious of like saying hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. I I try to just get straight to the point. I'm gonna be like, hey, hope you're doing well. This is what I'm looking for. This is why I contacted you. Just so I'm just straight to the point, so they know that I'm here for a purpose. I'm not going to build up that pitch deck, if you will, because yeah. I think it's ridiculous. I'm not going to try to trap you in a corner. No, and then, exactly. you know, yeah. But like, to your point, like, yeah, I, I feel that all the time. Like, I always debate, should I build up that, hi, how are you? We haven't seen each other. Well, should I just get straight to the point and let them say yes or no? Just to save their time and just to t- be honest, like be in a way that being like genuine, like, hey, I'm, I'm straight. I'm not here to ask how you are. I'm just, I need your help on this business. Mm, absolutely what what do you think Gork? like uh sorry i, I know you're about go to ahead. talk no oh, no ahead. no just like i was about to ask for your your thoughts on it yeah i think you know nowadays with social media everyone kind of just hides behind their phone or or not or monitor whatever and for you to to reach out to them and ask for their business is kind of startling to them right so i mean we let's brainstorm about how we can approach it from the opposite direction how can we get them to approach us when they are looking for a service that we provide? I guess we'll go around. We'll go around circles yeah. or three squares, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, on Zoom, by the way, <laughs> three squares. <laughs> so everybody on Zoom, you know from all this from the past couple of months, you know whether three square or four square, whatever squares. Brady Bunch here, up in here. But uh, I, I guess from one of my, from, I guess we have three, awesome perspective so it's, it's cool like to have all the three of these it's and from a communication standpoint like it's have a genuine conversation i know that sounds funny but like if you're asking a question you're building up that relationship it will take a little bit longer time you can't just 
reach out to somebody, especially if you don't have like a really tight knit relationship beforehand, reaching out to somebody just out of the blue, have a quote unquote fake, how are you? Long time no see, here's my pitch. If you phrase it that way, everybody's got to take it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, now everybody that reach out to them, they haven't talked in a while, like it's different. Like if I reach out to you guys, cause we have that built that relationship and it was like, Hey man, we'll just get straight to the point because avoid the first part because you already know I'm not, we are not approaching it in a negative way. We're just really asking for a favor or help as a friend. Secondly, if people respond back, respond back to them, like <laughs> simple as that. Like if they're like, Hey, thank you. Like, here's this respond back and be like, Hey, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate you reach out to me. I, I know this is out of the blue. I totally get it. And I, I appreciate you even considered uh, that part. I wouldn't call it pitch. Just really, you really having a conversation about like what you're offering and how you can help. So that's Absolutely. my piece on that one. Absolutely. So we'll go down. I don't know. Next square. <laughs> go ahead, Peter. Yeah, cool. And I think for me, I think the biggest thing is being genuine. Like, like Tret said, that's the biggest goal is, and honestly, I th- feel like people have forgotten how to build a relationship first. I know studying, doing international marketing stuff, I feel like Japanese people do this really well. Like they don't go into business right away. They'll hang out with you for the f- first few days, take you to drinks, get to know you. And it's, even in America, some people do this business like that really well. For me, personally, I'd rather not be selling anything to you at all and then build my relationship first. And when you're ready, you're going to be like, oh, hey, you do that job, right? Or you can do this for me, right? I'm like, yeah, I can. Let yeah. them come to me instead of like, in a way, shoving it down your, their throat. Like, this is what I do. This is what I do. Contact me. Like, right. you know, I think that's call the biggest me. thing. Yeah, call me. <laughs> Here's my card. <laughs> well. I think that's the biggest thing. Because like, I think people always forget that. Like, you know, like, you know, relationship first. And I think one of the people we interviewed, Christopher Corey, he said this really well. People can smell it off of you right away. If you're selling them something, they feel it. And then you, you're, the sale's over. Like they're yeah. kind of like, eh, kind of like feel like you're not really being honest to me. You just want to make money off of me. And automatically you kind of lose that, that client right away compared to if you were selling as if you were not selling at all, you're just building that relationship and honestly, like genuinely build that relationship. You're going to have that client for years on end. They're going to come back to you because you're more than client and seller. Now you're friend and friend. So the thing is because you're friends, it's a whole different perspective now. Like you're like, we're genuinely helping each other. So yeah. it's, it's better. I think that the second thing is too, like, biggest thing for me is like for people just stop looking at how you can phrase things and pitch things i think it's not not important the more important thing is even if the more you think about it the more you're going to fail like you're going to mess up you're going to screw up because at the end of the day no person is going to be the same so rather drop all those that whole deck that you prepared drop it and when when they first come in the door hey you want to grab a beer you want to grab a drink let's sit down let's talk about anything and then slowly build it up exactly yeah in the real estate world when i first started doing this whole thing and i was kind of figuring out how to do well in my job it seems like everything that i came to was scripts you know learn these scripts use it on your clients and then you'll get the deal mm-hmm. and yeah i read books about it and just never felt natural you know never felt natural using a script with someone 
And I think we lost sight of exactly what you said is building a relationship, building up as a friendship, and then eventually figuring out how to help each other in a win-win situation. Um, and the way that I approach it is I believe that the more you give without asking for anything in return, the more than you can kind of just receive in return passively, right? So I built my brand as a, it's called Property Hacks. And it's kind of related to how to um, use, use real estate and properties in a way that it's not, it's not common, I guess. <laughs> it's not commonly used. Um, like me, I have a house and I just rent out the rooms. That's not common, but you know, it's helping me build my net worth. Um, and I just give, give out that kind of information for free. I just post it on my blog, post it on Facebook, and whoever wants to read it can read it. And so that kind of just builds a relationship with them. They, they already trust me by the time they come to me. They already know what I'm about. And they know that I'm the guy that gives free information. I know my stuff about real estate. So yeah, before they even come to you, you've already built that relationship and earned that trust from them. No, I think that's, we all touch on that, just building a relationship, I guess, is from all three different occupations, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, it's that common thing, <laughs> but uh, it, it is crazy. It gets lost. Like, I think everybody has their sales experience and reading from a script. I definitely have that. And I, I'm just like, this is not me. Yeah, and, I feel kind of icky. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, we've experienced people reading a script, like, because you know, you ask them a question that is not on the script. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, uh, <laughs> please refer to this and then repeat it. Cause I, I did it with like some lady over the phone. I asked her a random, que- not a random question. She's like, Hey, how could I proceed with this other thing? Or I have a question about this. She, she kept, she went back to the first paragraph and read it again. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna give you my credit card, but this is weird. You sound like a computer. If you do that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, like, it's, it's hard. Cause I, I get it. Why people go back to that kind of like, I need to sell this. I need to sell because it. it's like in the end of the day, it's that security. In a way, people want to. They're so scared that they're not going to make the sale and they're going to lose that kind of like security of making that money for that certain amount of time. That they forget that every customer or every person that you meet in your life is an not in. A, I don't want to say an investment, but it's a friend that you have to build a relationship with, no matter who it is client anybody like they forget that because yeah and then they you may never see this person again but they don't think in the long run what if this person had a job that in the future that might come in handy for you yeah you know or they might help you back in some way you never know and it's and i think that's goes with life too like you know like like you said earlier you just give and give and it doesn't matter if nobody gives it back to you it's more of like that act of kindness. You're there. Don't think about the finances. I know it's hard to not think about the finances. I know I struggle with that. Like, but at the same time, I'm always like, you know what? It's okay. Like, it's fine. I'd rather help a person so their life gets better. And if they want to help me back, great. If they don't, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then with kind of that, like in, in my mind, it got me thinking, with both your jobs, do you find that just the ideas that we've talked about, does that carry over to both jobs? Like even, even with Lockheed as a software engineer and being in real estate as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely see on both sides and, and, uh, and, and any other job I've had in the past, even though they're <laughs> hardly remember anymore. I mean, at my software engineering job, I, I'm the type of guy that kind of just goes around and looks for problems. <laughs> <laughs> I look for problems in our current systems, in our current processes and see how I can fix them or make them better or automate them so I can free up some other someone else's time. And so, and that's just what I do. I kind of just help people by figuring out their problems. And in real estate, I mean, what? I had an idea and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought no, you no. froze. <laughs> I know, I froze. <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you say, you I, had, Peter, I had some brilliant up here and then I just lost it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, we're all just like, especially Gwoks too, because you're, you will be spending a large amount of money. And this is something like you cannot just buy and return later as we touch on like how we do things. Um, I, I would, I say we as in just we, but you know. But because it's a bit huge investment, right? Well, when you say like it's a huge investment in that relationship, you have to build that. You can't, you're not going to spend, man, four, three hundred thousand dollars down 15 to 30 years without trusting that person that's got to help you get there and make the right decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to trust the other person, your agent, that they're going to look out for your best interest, right? They're not going to sell you a home that's you can't even afford for one thing. By the end of it, um, they leave you and you kind of just have a bad taste in your mouth. It's like, I don't think I ever would use that agent again. I don't think I would ever refer them uh, to anyone because I didn't feel like I fully trusted them or uh, felt comfortable with what they were, you know, guiding me along. Right. So, um, and, and may, maybe they did do it for your own good. Like maybe they knew, did know better, but they just didn't communicate it with you. So it's also important to, make sure that they understand what they're what they're doing for you yeah and to everybody that's listening like uh this is true because guok is actually one of our agents uh, one of our agents <laughs> he's helping my girlfriend and i with the house and just the person he is if you want like a real life example we found we were looking at a house on thursday night it was i think it was 9 p.m or so we were looking at it we we're like man we we need to look at this house asap uh, we reached out to Gwok that late of a night after his long both jobs. And then he still responded and we got the next morning, we were able to see the house. So, and he was being realistic as in what he would mention earlier. It was like, could you afford this? Like it was a straight on answer. Like, I'm not going to take you to a house that you cannot afford. And as we're going through, there was a real conversation. I, I know the friend part is there, but I know he would do the same to everybody else communicating wise and being honest that's just not just quick as a friend and then quick as a real estate agent it's it's quick mm -hmm. <laughs> it's quick so. my friend the real estate agent right so i'm combining everything <laughs> <together>. <laughs> but yeah like i mean i wouldn't treat anyone else differently it's i don't think it, i don't see it as a paycheck i see it as you know i am the sole person who is going to either say that this house is the right thing for you or it's not and I don't think I would live my, with myself. I put you in, in the projects and you hear gunshots at night, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's avoid that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's something I would never do to anyone. So 
it was like, you know, I'll, I feel like it's not a challenge for me. I'm always going to be acting ethical. And if I get the sale or not, you know, it's fine. I got two jobs for a reason. <laughs> Working two jobs. It, it's like, I, I would say everybody that's listening is this is relatable because it's uh, just hanging out with Gwok, bringing back CJ. Um, these guys are just hustling just like everybody else and hustling as in like their focus is their passion and they're going for it. That is very relatable because it's, when you say you're like, you're on the same journey as most people go like I would say we're all similar in that sense, unless you have millions of dollars and owns <laughs> 10 businesses that we don't know about, uh, which is fine too, but we're all reaching for that. But like people always tend to look at the people at the top and not the people on the climb. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I like to say I was in the same boat. I started at zero net worth, just like everyone and slowly grow, grew and stepped up the ladder, you know, as the years went by. Um, do I need a side hustle? Probably not because I have a good engineering job that has a good salary, but you know, this is something that I want for myself and I see a lot more potential with it. Um, will I go to one side full time eventually? Maybe, who knows? I love both jobs. So it's kind of hard to give one up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Before we even leave, like we always want at the end, like we always want to talk about like your final thing that you want to leave with people. Like you're, you can have a final saying or like, what do you want to tell everybody that's listening on this climb that you're going on? Anything, honestly. I want to say that they always say that money doesn't buy happiness, but I think money does give you choices to find whatever happiness you have out there. And if you're struggling to make your payments or you're renting, um, you have choices, right? You have, you can rent out rooms like I am. You can live for free. You can do that to build your, your wealth. And you know, if that's something interesting to you, uh, reach out. You know, I'm always help, happy to help. No, I like how you phrased that. That was good. You're going to probably use it for something. You like that? No, I like that, man. <laughs> that's it. Like, like sometimes it just comes out. Like you, you, you have ideas up in there. Like it's just like, oh. It's, woo. <laughs> woo. Sometimes they go away like a couple minutes ago. But man. <laughs> Hey, we all have those brain here. farts, man. <laughs> uh, and speaking of like reaching out to you, like how can I find you, Gwok? You can find me on uh, facebook.com slash brokergwok or propertyhacks.com. Oh, there you go. Simple, straight to the point. Honestly, thank you. I know we live a couple of houses from each other, but <laughs> thank you for joining us. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we always have great talks, me and you, Peter, and you and Tret. And, you know, this is always so yeah. fun. So... For everybody that's listening, please remember, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, join Hangout Talks on all your podcast listening channels. And remember to follow us on Instagram. Mine is Mr. Good underscore all. Mine is Peter underscore the suit marketer. And we look forward to hang out with everybody again on the next episode. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Peace, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love that ending. We should probably say that at the end now. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs>